welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. In a season where I believe that God is being deliberate about a number of things, and so is the church, and so is everyone under this grace. We're all in a season at different levels. So the season that we're in right now has different levels. Have, it has different operational expectations. But it's still a season filled with what God is doing. So, but God in his wisdom is taking each of us through that season at different levels and helping us to find expression at different points. But it's still one season. It's still one season. And the culmination of all everything that is happening within that season is pointing to one fact of course the overall objective is that christ be formed in us that's the overall objective but it's pointing to one fact which is what if you if you've been observing um my teachings and preachings in a couple of weeks and months you'll observe that it's tending towards a stretching it's tending towards um, an expansion. It's tending towards um, positioning for for greater depths in God. It's tending towards that path. So when God takes us through different topics and teachings, let's not take our minds off the season that we're in, off the thing that God is doing in that season that's the overall object and then of course the general understanding or the general expectation is that for us as a church we are in a season of dominance and relevance so where dominance and relevance comes to play we see all the little factors that are helping that dominance and that relevance to find expression. We see all those little things that help the dominance to, to become alive, to come to reality. So never lose sight of the big picture when you are involved in the smaller pictures. Never lose sight of the big thing that God is doing, what God has said at the beginning of the year. And then what he's saying to you in April, in May. So if God had said 
at the beginning of the year that this is your season of dominance and relevance and then in May he's telling you to move a chair and you're trying to figure out how does dominance and relevance um, how does moving a chair equate to dominance and relevance? What you need to understand is that the bigger picture is a culmination of several smaller pictures. Several smaller pictures. So, by the Spirit of God, we understand these things. So, we are not, um, we are not playing down on the smaller pictures. We are embracing the smaller pictures. We are... Um, um, we are paying attention to the smaller pictures because we know at the end of the day it will lead us to the bigger picture. The goal that God wants for us at the end of the day. So today I'm starting um, a topic, a series, a teaching, however you want to put it, on the hallmark of faith. And I pray... And I pray sincerely that you will not just take this as another, another, we've just come to church again, we've just come to have church. No, I don't. I don't do that. Anytime I come for church, I prepare to hear God and speak to you the mind of God, particularly for that time, the mind of God, the mind of God. By the way, we had dominion prayer today and we had some, some hiccup. In the, in the session. And then the hiccup revealed to me those of you that don't join. Because on Mixeller, I don't get to see it. But when I put up the Zoom link, I say, oh, these are the true disciples. Then I saw the names. I saw, I said, okay, good. These are the true disciples. These are the followers of Christ. So those of you that are guilty, repent. Repent. Because you cannot say, one of the things that, let me digress a bit. One of the things that will help your faith is your ability to connect to the grace in the house. And if you're not listening to me, if you're not bringing yourself under this anointing and running through, I mean, I, I told you guys the other day, whenever I don't know what to do, whether what to preach or what to teach or I'm finding it difficult to decipher what the Spirit of God is saying in a particular season, I just go and listen to Dr. K. He may not be saying anything relevant to what I'm going through, but I just stay under that atmosphere. Give me one hour, I'll know what to do. Because I know how to draw from that grace. That's the covenant I've made. The other day I was in church um, and we were having service. First service was over. Second service, I was extremely tired and I was worn out. And I knew God, God wanted something different for the second service. So when I got into the office, I told my PA, I said, I don't want to see anybody. So I just stayed in there and I started playing um, a video by Dr. K. And I just laid on the couch and shut my eyes. And before 20 minutes or so, I had gotten fresh revelation. And he was not talking about what god was talking to me about but the fact that i was hearing his voice it did something in my spirit and created and there's something about when god except the only reason i will i will permit you and i'm saying permit the only reason i will permit you not to listen to me is because is if you say that um, god hasn't sent me to you 
and I will accept that because I don't want to waste my anointing. <laughs> if God has not sent me to you, it's good. So I will not exact energy and effort. But if you say that this is my pastor and God has sent me to you, then if God has sent me, you better hear me honestly. For your own good because the anointing is not for me. <laughs> it's the truth. Because the anointing of God on me is never for me. I can't take the anointing and say, okay, walk on my life. Walk on my life. It can't work. It's not for me. It's for the people he has sent me to. The same thing, the anointing on Dr. K is not for him. It's for the people he has sent him to, which is me. So I push my head on that. And I take my own. When Dr. K wants to receive the anointing, he goes under Reverend Victor. And receives his own. When a victor wants to receive anointing, he goes under Reverend George and receives his own. That's how it works. That's how it works. Nobody receives directly from Jesus. I don't care who you are. Say, ah, no. Jesus and I, we are pals. No. He will send a man. He will send a man. So no matter what it is, no matter what it is, so if you say, oh, you're not my pastor, I won't be angry. Why, why should I be angry? Tell me. I can't be angry. It only helps both of us. You understand, Daniel, right? It only helps both of us. Ask him when he wanted to come to, to church here. And they told me that he wants to come to church here. I told him no. I said, who is your pastor? I said, Pastor Chris Hugo. Ah, I said, Pastor Chris Hugo is my, is my mentor. I said, stay there. I listen to him too. I submit to him. I, I sow to him every month. I said, stay there. Because me too, I want to be hearing the man. Stay there. He said, no. After weeks, he came again. He said, ah, this thing is doing me somehow. It's doing me like this. doing me like this. I said, stay there. Oh. Ogus came. Disturbed me. He said, sir, since I played your message in the office, this guy will not let me rest. He said he wants to, we must come to this, my church. I said, okay. So I went to God. I said, God, you and I know that I'm not sent to everybody. The people you have sent me to. And then God said, let him be. And I told those, I said, okay. Tell him he can come. And the rest is history. The same thing he met me in the office one day after he had come to church in fact the day he came to church I wasn't in church I wasn't the one who preached it was in the video that I saw him dancing I now called Pastor Tayo I said who is this one that is dancing jumping all over the place I just saw him dancing, dancing. I said who is this I said, somebody new in church I said okay came to church saw him okay after a few weeks he came to meet me in the office he says sir i've been praying for a pastor listen to me very carefully god sent me here and i recognize that you are my pastor i said really i'm not moved by those things i've seen all sorts i said okay go come back another day he came back again. I said, sir, I say you are my pastor. 
I said, okay, if I'm your pastor, then whatever is on me is for you. It means that God has put something on me for you. Listen very carefully. So whatever he has put on me for you, I release it on you. And then he began to tell me his plans. I said, these are my plans. These are, what, these are the things I want to do. These are the things I want to do. Up until that time, he had not earned a particular kind of income before. And I asked him, what's your level of income? How much have you earned before? He told me. I said, okay. Can we increase it? He said, how? I said, okay. Just desire for the increase. She be I'm your pastor. So he knelt down in my office and I prayed for him. There is no, it's not a hard prayer. If God has sent me to you, that means he has put something on me. Are you guys listening to me? I'm just digressing. I don't know why, but I'm going to, I'm going to my message. I prayed for him. Whatever anoint, whatever grace God has put on me for you, let it work for you. As you draw from this anointing, let it work for you. Let whatever you need happen in this area, that area. And I began to pray and prophesy. He left there, came back the next month. I said, Pastor, the thing is working up. My income has increased. I said, let it not be like fluke. This month again, let's increase it. I came back again. Pastor, the thing has increased again. I said, okay, let it not be like fluke the third month at that point there was no there was no contention go so when I come online and I just see a handful full of people that have joined I said God and I pray for them from my heart that God Whatever you have called them to do, this anointing must work in their life. They cannot be ordinary people. This is not a jamboree. This is life transforming. And so your life must transform. Must transform. So tonight, I just begin, I'll just lay a foundation. Your pastors will do justice to the rest of the month. So my foundation of the teaching, the hallmark of faith. I want to talk about two things. Two things. And that's found in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 12. Remember I said I'm just laying a foundation. Pastor Wumi, Pastor Paul, Pastor Tayo, they will do justice throughout the month. Hebrews 12, Hebrews 11, 1. This is the amplified um, translation. It says, now faith is the assurance the confirmation, the title deed 
of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses verse 2 that's where i'm going it said for by faith trust and holy favor born of faith the men of old had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report so they had two things they had divine testimony born to them and then they obtained a good report they obtained a good report so i'll, I'll zero down these two things divine testimony and good report so what i found out is that the culmination of our faith journey brings us to these two expressions divine testimony and good report but it almost appears to me that most believers are constantly waiting for something or expecting something so we live our lives on the edge it's either we're waiting for something or expecting something is it wrong to wait or expect for something no but the issue is we are waiting for something before we leave we are waiting for something before we enjoy life we are waiting for something before we begin to live life to the full there's always something we're waiting for and unless that thing happens we don't feel like we are believers we don't feel like we're children of god our joy is incomplete we're not happy so there's always that in quote faith project that unless it happens you are not happy unless it happens you are not joyful unless it unless it happens you don't have a testimony so you're waiting for that thing to show up and then that thing now kind of like affirms your 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 faith affirms your your believing affirms that you are a child of god they are a child of god And that's what the writer in Hebrews was talking about before. He says, we do not see the conviction of their reality. The conviction of that reality. But the truth is, as long as you are in this body, as long as you are here on earth, and as long as imperfection is still a factor, there will always be an expectation for better you can't ever arrive in completeness or perfection so if you are waiting for something to be complete before you are happy before you step into joy before you embrace truth and reality if you're waiting you're gonna wait a long time 
You're going to wait a very long time. So somehow, consciously or unconsciously, we are hindered from enjoying or maximizing life unless some kind of perfection comes into play. And that perfection is, is not designed by creation itself. It's designed by our own standard. By our own standard. And because we've designed it, that's our own need for faith. So our need for faith is not the reason God designed or, or in a way requires faith from us. Our need for faith has now been tied to that perfection. Our need for faith has now been tied to that place where we will arrive by the time I get the car by the time I get the house by the time I get the new job by the time I land this deal so our need for faith is just a continuous clinging on something all the time all the time and then it keeps us on edge so we find that once we've done one there's another one and then we can't seem to just enjoy life there's just that all the time, just one thing in front, waiting, I'm working on this, my faith to get this, my faith to get this, my faith to get it. So it now appears that we are a people that are not living life, but moving from one need to another need to another need. And that's all our faith just gets us. That's all it gets us. And that's the drive of our Christianity. That's the pursuit of our Christianity. So we measure our Christianity by the faith projects in quotes that we're handling. I'm believing God for a house. I'm believing God for a shoe. I'm believing God for a car. I'm believing God for the next job. It, it just, it's just continuous. On and on and on and on and on. It never ends. It never ends. Believing God for this. So where is the life in Christianity? Where's the life? Where is the life? So the scripture says, For by faith, trust, and holy favor, born of faith, the men of old had two things, divine testimony born to them, and they obtained a good report. So I asked the Lord, What happened to Abraham who is for us the father of faith? What happened to him? Why, why is he called the father of faith? Did he have faith projects like we do? Romans 4 and verse 3. It says, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Wow. Wow. He believed God. Really? And I said, and the Holy Spirit said to me, did he believe that he would have Isaac 
or he believed God. I said, wow, I never saw it like that. He said it wasn't about Isaac coming. It was about God. That whether Isaac came or not is irrelevant. He saw a God and he believed God. It wasn't about Isaac. So your Christianity is not about the car, the marriage, the house that God will give to you. That does not what makes you, that's not what makes you a Christian. The faith projects are not what makes you a Christian. No. The reason God counted it as righteousness for him was not because there was an Isaac to come and then he believed the Isaac that was going to come. No, he believed God with or without Isaac. Isaac was not a factor. It wasn't because God promised him Isaac. He believed God. God was the factor. And scripture said that by it, those people of old, they obtained a good testimony and a good report. Their faith was not hinged on the things that happened. Their faith was hinged on God. It was not because their dead was going to be raised back to life. No. It was because they believed in God. He said they sought for a city whose builder and maker was God. That was what they were after. That's why they could face all the things that they faced. And then they were joyful. In the face of death, they were happy. Which of you today, let a gunman come in here. I say, tell the pastor, I've been telling him all this thing he's preaching. I've been telling him, honestly, I just came here for the first time today. But they saw beyond those things. Their faith was not need-based. No. They sought a city whose foundation was God, whose builder and maker was God. They didn't desire life to them was nothing. To die was, was easy and cheap. It was a, it was a reward. Because their focus was not here. Their focus was on God himself. It was God himself. So they obtained a good testimony. And they had a good report. So Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him for righteousness. Whether Isaac came. When Isaac didn't come, he saw a God that spoke to him. He believed the God. Beyond the things that God promised, he believed him. And the Bible said, that is faith. That is faith. 
Look at some of the things that they did. Remember I said I'm just laying a foundation. The first person to mention there was Abel. He said prompted, actuated by faith. Abel brought God a better and more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Because of which it was testified of him that he was righteous. That he was upright and in right standing with God. And God bore witness. How? By accepting and acknowledging his gifts. Because of faith. Enoch was caught up. And transferred to heaven. So that he did not have a glimpse of death. And he was not found. Because God has translated him. For even before he was taken to heaven, he received testimony that he had pleased and been satisfactory to God. Everything they achieved, they didn't set out to achieve those things. Hear me and hear me good. The house you will buy, the car you will, the, the, if you like, become the governor. That's, that will not, that's not the goal of faith. No. Become the president. That's not the goal of faith. The goal of faith is to believe God. To see a God and believe him. Him. To see him and believe him. And then he now says, in verse 6, he says, but without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he's the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Him, him, him. 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 That becomes the end goal of your faith. That becomes your faith project. Him. He becomes your faith project. Not the shoe, not the house, not the car. No. Not the marriage. No. He becomes your faith project. That my faith is to seek him and find him. And to believe him. To believe him. That when he appears and says, I am God. And I will make your descendants like the sand on the seashore. Yes, sir. I believe you. But my faith is not hinged on the fact that, hey, I'm going to be the father of nations. I'm going to be the father of nations. My descendants will be like, this. that's not my, the anchor of my faith. The anchor of my faith is that I believe him. I believe him. And because I believe him, Everything about my life culminates to that point. Not the things. Not the things. He talked about Noah. He said, prompted by faith, Noah, being forewarned by God concerning events of which I, as yet there was no visible sign 
took heed and diligently and reverently constructed and prepared an ark for the deliverance of his own family. By this, his faith, which relied on God, he passed judgment and sentence on the walls, unbelief, and became an heir and possessor of righteousness. That relation of being right into which God puts the person who has faith. So Noah's action was all about God. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to be the first man that would design a, an architectural whatever masterpiece. And No, that wasn't his goal. That wasn't his goal at all. He wasn't trying to do that. And God said to him, oh, you are going to do this. Yes, sir. I believe you. What, what I found out is that it frees us from this continuous cycle of faith projects and believing God to actually living for God. To actually living for Him. Living for Him. At that point, you are able to maximize life to the fullest. To the fullest. Nobody knows when you're sad. Nobody knows when you're happy. Because these days, you can tell, measure people's sadness or happiness by the things that happen around them. say today I'm not happy what happened my dog lost his tooth I say yeah sorry then you see him tomorrow hey you look so happy yeah 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 I just landed a deal yeah my brother God is good oh yes God is good oh but yesterday your dog lost the tooth God is not good at that time God is not good at that time. The God that I know, the one that I serve, when you find him and you behold him, your life won't be really about what you have or do not have. And you won't be constantly on the edge waiting for something to happen. No. You'll be living life. You'll be living life. Some of you cannot even just have a moment of enjoyment. Just stay and be happy. What's there to be happy? I've not eaten since morning. So what? At least be happy that you have the mouth to say you have not eaten since morning. Say, Pastor, you don't understand. I trekked from artillery to this place. You did? Wow. Rejoice that you had leg to trek. 
let's be real okay how can we be real hey, stop playing all this church thing let's be real things are not working really tell me what are the things not working so for the last six months i've not had a client really thank god that you have a business that clients should even come to you find something to rejoice and be happy about because your focus is not the thing your focus is the god and then when you see him as your god you are living he said only the living the living will praise you so at that point you've moved the journey of faith from waiting to actually living so you're not waiting for anything to happen before you enjoy life no you are living life to the full why because god is alive so your christian journey has moved completely from things to him to him to him till jesus comes there are certain things that will not work say pastor this thing is not working eh let's look for the one that is working let's look for it let's look for it pastor all my mates have gone Maybe they have gone. Thank God that you are still where you are. Some people don't have anywhere to stand. But you, you are standing somewhere, right? Uh-huh. Give him praise for that. See, I'm standing somewhere. He said, they've left me. They've left you. Uh-uh. Thank God that you are the only one in that space that you can command territory. So, it kind of like puts us on the edge all the time. That there must be something we should be fighting against. There must be, there must, there are some people, they, they can never, ever tell them anything. Their village people must be involved. There must be a battle all the time. It, life cannot just be easy. No. It cannot just be easy. There must be some village people. The pastor, ah, this thing you are talking, ah, witches and wizards, they are real. I'm not saying that they are not real. But hear me and hear me good. They are not your problem. The devil himself is not your problem. The devil has no tool to use than fear and deception only. Anything outside that, he can't use it. Fear and deception. So the moment he brings fear to you and he brings deception and you accept it, that's the only time the devil has power. That's the only time. That's the only time. The pastor, ah, I've seen where they did it. In my presence like this, they did the thing. The man just fall. His hand come like this and enter. His leg came, his leg moved from his hand to his leg. Come on, have bar. And then you feed your mind on those things. Feed your mind on it. And you're wondering why your life experiences are like that. I had a staff many years ago. He would come to work in the morning and he was probably always sleeping or something at work. And then I noticed his productivity was reducing. So I called him. I said, what's wrong with you? You, you, you don't seem to be um, happy. You don't seem to be uh, enjoying the work. You're always on edge. And then he began to give me some spiritual explanation. 
I said, what's the issue? He said, he, when he wakes up in the morning and he comes out of his house, cobwebs just go over his head and all that. And then he was explaining to me how that the forces of darkness are after him. I said, your house is dirty. How can the forces of darkness be after you? You don't clean your house. You, you wake up in the morning, come out of the door and cobwebs well, just, hey, they're after me, they're after me, they're after me. Clean your house. So there are people like that. Everything, any little thing, you are going on the way, you hit your left leg. Hey, it's going to be a bad day today. They say anytime I hit my left leg, something bad is about to happen. So some people will go back home. Constantly living in fear. Never enjoying life at all. Never enjoying life. We fixed the banner here. It cost us, Danny Hammond, that didn't cost close to 60 or 70,000 to fix that banner. Two weeks later, they stole it. When they called me to tell me they stole it, I, I cast them my kids. I asked them, I said, go and find out how we'll do another one and do it in this way, do it that way, do it that way. I mean, why should I cry over it? At least, thank God, we have a banner that they can steal. It means we are not being noticed. Enjoy life. Live life to the full. Live it to the full. Live it to the full. You wake up in the morning, see you have flat tire. Hey, my enemies have come again. Why are they always after you? It's a flat tire. Just take it and go and pump it. And maybe check, it might have been punctured. What will the devil gain by puncturing your Glory to God. <laughs> what would the devil get my function in your time? <laughs> Father. God is God. He's God of all the earth. He's the father of light. The creator of all the universe. He's not in a battle with the devil. That's an insult. He's not in a battle with the devil at all. And the devil himself and all his agents and co-agents, they are below you way 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 below you come to a place of revelation and understanding by the word let the knowledge of the word free you and live in the victory that Christ has gotten for you your faith is meant to bring you to a place to see God and not to chase after things It's a day that must come to him. Must believe that he is. 
manifesting. Believe that he is. Your faith brings you to him. That's all that matters. And then when things try to distract you from him, you fight those things. They don't take my eyes off him. He's the, he's the prized possession. He's the only thing that matters. That's where my focus will be. That's where my goal is. Him. And then when I believe him, just like Abraham, it says it's counted to him as righteousness. Stand to your feet. Look at what the Bible said about Isaac and Jacob. About Abraham actually. <clears throat> After he said that Abraham, when God called him, he obeyed. And went forth to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance. That's verse 8. He said, and he went. Although he did not know or trouble his mind about where he was to go. Prompted by faith, he dwelt as a temporary resident. I was the first person to receive temporary resident visa. In the land which was designated in the promise of God. Though he was like a stranger in a strange country, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs with him of the same promise. Look at what he now said. He said, for he was waiting expectantly and confidently looking forward to the city we had, which, he, which had fixed and firm foundations whose architect and builder is God. That was their focus. That was their focus. That my faith will only pursue what God is pursuing. My faith will only go after what God is going after. That's the essence. There is no need, there is no point chasing after things because people are chasing after it. No. I'm looking for a city. Why are you looking for the city? Because the foundation and the builder is God. Say, ah, I want to go to the US. Why do you want to go to the US? Because the foundation and the builder is God. Say, ah, I want a multi-million dollar business. Why are you looking for it? Because the foundation and the builder is God. So my faith is not chasing the multi-million dollar business. My faith is chasing God. I'm looking for where God is the foundation. I'm looking for where God has started something. I'm looking for where God has sent me to. Where he has sent me to. That's the pursuit of your faith. 
when Abel offered the sacrifice, he wasn't offering the sacrifice because of something. No, he was seeing a God that he needed to offer a sacrifice to. It was all about him. It frees you from waiting to live in. Because with God, you're not waiting for anything. You have him. You have him completely. It's only a matter of time. The things that you have tied to your Christianity, to validate your Christianity, that unless these things happen, you are not a child of God. Listen, it's only a matter of time. Forget those things. Forget them. When you focus on him, those things will come. There are things that have been given to you already. They are not the goal of your Christianity. They are not the goal of it. They are not the goal. They are not the goal. Tell your neighbor, stop waiting. Start living. There is more to enjoy in life. Than moving from faith project to faith project before you are happy. Before you are happy. Your prayer, the only reason you wake up to pray in the morning is because you are afraid of something or something is chasing you. Or you are expecting something. If somebody calls you on Monday and tells you that there is a contract I want to give you to you, uh, just pray and keep calling me. Uh, that week, you become prayer warrior. That week, if I say we are meeting here by 2 a.m., say, Pastor, why not make it 1 a.m.? Because there is something you are expecting. Say, ah, we are doing a fast. Say, ah, that fast, I must fast the fast. Hmm. Why? Because you are expecting something huge. And no demon must stand in your way. But just you receive a lot of 10 million first of all you know must we pray 30 minutes can't you just pray like five minutes or ten minutes you know life is not that hard oh, come on we are not the, are we the ones that kill jesus we're not the ones you know we're not the ones so pastor eh, let's go for evangelism eh, evangelism <laughs> Maybe we should just gather some people together and just do a party and invite people. All we need is money, it's money, it's money, it's money. Why? Because 10 million has entered your hand. You've lost the focus. Why am I sharing these things? Let me tell you my heart. Because there are some things that God is bringing your way that you need to take your mind off them and focus on God for them to happen. God spoke to me about you. He spoke to me about you. He wants you to stop worrying completely. 
completely. And when he means completely, he means completely. And he says, don't ask him the question again, when will certain things happen? Don't ask him again. When he puts you on a path, the things that are on that path will come when you stay on the path. Not when you fast and pray. No, when you stay on the path and you keep going on the path. Because there's a reason he put you on the path. The things he has put on the path will come to you. And you don't have to ask him anything. I want your heart to be ready. This month. When we go through all the teachings. Your pastors are going to do an amazing job. To teach this. I want you to be hungry. Be very hungry. The things that I am chasing. I'm not chasing them. Because I want to chase those things. I found those things. Because I was chasing God's heart. My biggest prayer is that God, I can't be associated with you and be small. That's just it. So my desire for greatness is because I'm associated with God. I'm going into my sermon. I won't go into that one. Don't worry. I'll leave it for Sunday. <laughs> the simplicity of greatness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lift your hands to heaven. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.